Um, with that being said, um, <laughs> today's theme is about reference, introspection, and looking back. My name's Andrea. I'm your host. Um, this is Sass and Brass. We're going to get to the brass part eventually. We'll get there. We'll get there. Maybe some sass sprinkled in between, but until then, hang in. When you were here before You couldn't look you in the eye You're just like an angel Your skin makes me cry You float like a feather In a beautiful world I wish I was special You're so very special 
Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the House of Pride show live from San Francisco with your host, Tweaker Turner here. We have a great show for you right now. We're going to just play a little bit of intro music by the wondrous BB Sweetbriar with her Billboard Club hit, Unity, off the knife and fork and hit save music label. Here she is, BB Sweetbriar with Unity.
Good afternoon, welcome to House of Pride Radio. John, can you hear me? John, can you hear me on the telephone? I hung up on John. Welcome to the House of Pride show. You're listening to BB Sweetbriars Unity, which is number 26 this week on Billboard Club Chart. Congratulations, BB Sweetbriar and her team. Right now, folks, we have a special treat for you across town. Uh, we are speaking to the director, John Fisher. John, can you hear us? Hello? John? Good Christ. Don, we'll be right back. Surprise testing one, two, three. John, are you with us? John. How's that possible? John, can you hear us? John, can you hear us now? John, come in if you can hear us live on the telephone here. John? Hello? Say something, John. I can hear you. <laughs> All right. Well, obviously, we're having technical difficulties here at House of Pride Radio. So that's always exciting. John, can you hear us? John? Hello?
It's always exciting when the telephone system does not work at Mutiny Radio Station. So what we're going to do is not play Unity again, because I played it five times, BB Sweetbriar. We, what we are going to do as we're trying to fix the technical glitch is play Amori's new song, which is a remake of You Make Me Feel Mighty Real. Yeah. He is another local artist here in San Francisco. Uh, we have one guest in the studio I'd like to introduce now, Laron Barton. Is that right? That would be correct. He's going to talk about his organization just a bit. Uh, very disappointed. I really want to get John Fisher on the line, so we're working on some technical issues here. We're going to work on that and get back to you. Uh, in the meantime, we are going to play some songs from Amori's new EP entitled Mighty Real. All right, here goes. Hey, John, can you hear me? John, can you hear us?
All right, welcome back to House of Pride. Well, what a mess. Hey, Laron. <laughs> How's it going? Good, good, man. How are you doing today? Uh, not so good. Uh, oh, I think that's Sean calling. Hold on. Let me see put him on the telephone here. here. Hello, you're live on the air. Hi, Sean. Sean. Hello? Sean. Sean. Hey, can you call back? Because uh, something's wrong with the phone. Try one more time. Right. So I dropped the phone. So, Laurent, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> Your buddy Sean is calling. Why don't you talk and lead us up to who he is and why he's calling? Okay, so um, the um, so the event that we're doing is, is called anti racism. Uh, I'm sorry, anti racism 101. Uh, it's a surge uh, uh, stand up for racial justice, San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco Black Community Matters. That's the organization that Sean Haynes has founded and is uh, and is the president of as well as Racy Conversations, uh, an organization that my friend Karen, Karen Fleshman is, has started, uh, as well as Angela Jenkins and myself, Laron Barton. <clears throat> the collective has came together to, um, to create a workshop, again, called Anti-Racism 101. And what it is, is this, it's, you know, we're, you know, we're all getting together, different folk, and we're going to be talking to white people about rate about racism you know um as a result of this uh, tumultuous climate that's putting it very lightly many white people finally want to get involved and want to you know be a part of of a of a movement of an organization of a force to stop racism white supremacy and you know we think and we think that's that's really great so we all kind of just got together just brainstorming and just figured, hey, let's um, let's try to put together a workshop so people can come together, can have honest dialogue and to be able to uh, this is this is the first step so that we can give people sort of a better understanding mm-hmm. of what racism is and sort of encourage them to and help people to grow forward and move together as Ab- one. Absolutely. man. All right. Let's bring Sean in. Sean, can you hear us? Sean! <laughs> Sean, can you talk? What is the missing link today with this you phone? Know, man, it's, it's, it's just like... It's so frustrating. You know what it is? It's like you have to be in the studio, man. This like, is what I think I, what my show is saying. Got to get in the studio in no, real I'm, flesh exactly, here. Exactly, man. Like you just can't be calling and you have to just experience it. All right, let me know. I'll be the corner way. Uh, what was know, that? Is, yeah, he, is he ordering? Yeah. Do, uh, is he at do, McDonald's? Do we hear some? Is he is he, <laughs> is he ordering a burrito? Is he is he is he getting a coke somewhere? What's going on? I I don't know. I don't know. Sean, can you hear us? Last final chance, Sean. <laughs> it's not Sean. It's so sad. Now, yeah, like you know, it's it'd be it'd be really cool if, if Sean could get in because I'm pretty sure he has some very pertinent stuff, very to, to some insightful things to say. Super insightful. So, just to let our listening audience, I you know, to know, we, I apologize, but uh, we are a part of a collective, so you never know what you're going to get when you yeah. walk in here. There's probably been it's 35 shows since House of Pride, and evidently our telephone is not working. 
the con- something with the connection. So, Sean, uh, if you're listening, if you can hear us, Sean, we're going to have to get into it next week with you. But right now, um, I want to hear more about how you got into the program. Was, yes. Did you found this? No. Um, mm-hmm. So actually, showing up for racial justice. I apologize, not not saying that, but showing up for racial justice approached. Um, I'm sorry, showing up for racial justice in San Francisco. Yeah. Approached Sean and I. Um, at the time, I was a part of the San Francisco Black Community Matters org- organization, and we had a book club meeting on the book, uh, the new Jim, the, the new Jim Crow, and there were members of Surge that had came and said, "Hey, you know, we we really like what you guys are doing. Would you be willing to come and partner with us on something?" And you know, I'm I'm always willing to work with people, you know, if if they their goal is to is to stop racism because I mean I in my eyes I think is the the biggest problem that we that we face so um, we had a meeting with the good folks from Surge and then also Karen Fleshman came along who's a really awesome anti-racism activist as well as I met Angela Jenkins and you know as I said before we kind of started brainstorming and we came together and created this anti-racism 101 workshop which I, I think is going to be really beneficial to a lot of people did, did you find right off the bat that your um, uh, San Francisco Black Community Matters had a lot in common with SURF or were there some differences uh, well I, I, I think it's two totally different organizations I'm, I'm I mean, obviously, uh, Surge. So from my understanding, Surge is an organization that is primarily focused on educating white people and getting them involved in anti-racism work. San Francisco Black Community Matters is primarily an organization for black people in San Francisco to get them more politicized and to have them join, join, join a movement. So, I mean, but I, I, I think that with both organizations wanting to fight racism, it, it was just, it, it was a pretty easy match uh, to, uh, to go with. So, yeah. So, I mean that, you know, that's how it came together. And, you know, like with, with any time that you have different organizations sort of working together, there's going to be kinks that have to be worked out, but I got to say, I mean, it's, it's been pretty smooth. You know, I, you know, shout out to, uh, Jennifer, shout out to my man, Connor, uh, shout out to Alicia, you know, from us, from Surge. Uh, I, I, I forget my other guy's name, but, uh, you know, they've all been, they've all been really dope. And, uh, you know, and of course, you know, I've been knowing Sean for quite some quite some time, and uh, during my time working with uh, San Francisco Black Community Matters, uh, he's a fairly smart guy. So, and we're gonna try to see if we can get somebody else. Sean, are you there? Hello, Sean. So there's definitely a problem with the connection right. from the box to out there. Right, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be one of them days like where you have to be in the studio. This is where the magic happens. <laughs> Sean, I kind of can hear Sean in the speaker. Sean, can you hear us? Sounds like he's underwater. Or something. No, he's, he's, he's diving for, <laughs> for stuff. It's just not going to happen today, but we'll have him back. Let him know, okay? That. Well, I'll text him right now. But, uh... Um, Awesome. So, um, uh, I'm from New York and I want to say this about racism. Um, it seems like it's definitely more chill 
in New York between the races. Uh, right. And I think in the city, because there's such a melting pot of right. different cultures and ethnicities that um, everyone's just equal at the table more than here. Why do I feel like in the Bay Area, the tensions are so much higher? Well, I, you know, it's, it's funny the, that, you know, you you talked about New York because I was just there a, a, a couple days ago. And I tend to agree, man. I, I think that in New, in New York, there's so much more of just every different every different kind of kind of culture to where i mean of course you know racism is 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 everywhere you know you you can't escape it right and, and and you know if you look at the history of this country with slavery and all that yes it's it's an, a, a linear line that's absolutely. still evolving um but here's the thing there's race uh, there's multicultural here too right how what happened here that didn't happen in New York? Well, I, I think that there's a couple of things. I, I, I think that um, this is a predominantly white city. And, you know, there's... there's, there's that, uh, You may be right. Yeah. Do you know that the actual breakdown of the... Um, I, I, I know that, that Asians represent the, uh, the largest min- uh, minority. I think there's about 5 to 6% black people here. And I think there's... Oh, under- that's it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, some, some people will say four. Some people will, will say three. But I like five or six because it's a little higher. <laughs> but uh, And I think that there's under 20% Latino families and the rest are just white people. And I think that there's a couple reasons, just in my opinion, I could be wrong. Again, I've only lived here for a little over four years. I think that um, with gent- with gentrification, that's mm. just been just wiping out just every piece of piece of culture here. There's people that are coming into the city that don't have a regard or don't really care about what was laid down before before them. You know, I, I think the mission is probably the best example of, of that. You know, if you go on Mission Street, you see the uh, you see the condition it is. But then if you walk two two blocks and you go to Valencia, it's it starts to be pretty starts to be pretty nice. So there's a there's that going on for sure yeah and 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 it's almost it's like a a friend of mine had had said you know he he recently left san francisco a couple days ago he moved to he he moved to los angeles and he was like you know leron it's almost like they're just telling us in in a very violent way that they don't want us here you know and it's just i mean san francisco is one of the most racist cities in that in the country that i that i've experienced i mean it's they're not telling you, oh, you know, get out of here, nigger. But but in a very like low key way, they're they're kind of telling you, you know, you really don't belong in this in this city, right? Like you know, this isn't this isn't free for you. And when I look around, who's saying a, that to you? Is that well, the mayor? I uh, I just that's the vibe that I, this is a vibe. Oh, that's the vibe that uh, it, it's that interesting. I can I as, say as a can black I, person? Yes. Yeah, I just I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, just to interject, when I moved here eight years ago, remember when Obama? Um, maybe even longer. Maybe when Obama was still a candidate. Sure. I remember here on local Quan, Quan News, the um, one of the reporters was interviewing a um, African American young lady. Sure. And she just couldn't believe that there was any chance he would win. Right. And I remember thinking, like, wow, where are you getting such a low, like, esteem view of that? That's real. That? <laughs> like, it just blew, it kind of set me aback because I, 
you know, coming from the East Coast, I, I just felt like people stood their ground more as equals. There. Right. Um, and I was thinking, well, maybe there, there is like some sort of problem where they've kept minority folks down here, like through politics and well you know so like i'm i'm originally from kansas city missouri right and so you know racism out there i mean they're i mean white folks normally do not like black people in kansas city missouri i'm just gonna gonna keep it all the way live well yeah and kansas missouri is was part of the southern exactly exactly so i mean they 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 tell you with no uncertain terms. So it's like when I moved out here, I'm thinking, Hey, you know, everybody's equal, you know, it's, it's all sun and sand and it's supposed to be just this utopia. And especially when I came to San Francisco, I was like, Oh my God, you're like, you know, San Francisco with the hippie movement and just with like the counterculture, but here like with technology and just, I mean, it's just, it, it, Mm-hmm. It, it's almost mm-hmm. like any type of like um, anti-capitalistic culture has just been either wiped out or is getting to be wiped out. Well, give me an example when you when you first moved here. When do you remember any instances where you were like, "Oh, that's like a, a racist vibe I'm getting from something"? Oh, um, oh, absolutely. Um, there's actually a bar in San Francisco. It's it's called Bar. Oh, it is. And yeah, uh, I think <laughs> so it's original. Off of like, I, I know, right? It's off like 23rd and 23rd, 24th and Mission. And I never forget this. So I'm, I'm in there. I'm drink. I'm drinking. Um, drinking like my little cocktail. You know, chilling, watching the Niners. And you know, there's a, the bartender. He's just sort of this surly. You know, uh, sort of like greasy, like long, kind of like this. He looked like a mess. But was like, he a white guy? Yeah. Uh, uh, and so, so this, and so this, this pretty blonde woman come, uh, comes in, and she's like, "Oh, she's like, oh my god, um, I need to, um, I, I need to use the restroom, uh, you, you know, just like, you know, just not, not necessarily begging, but, but just, you know, kind of like, you know, switching her hips, saying, you know, oh my god, um, can I please use the restroom? Yada yada. And so he looks at her, and he's like. He's like absolutely, mind you. The sign says no. Uh, says uh, restroom is for patrons only. Yeah. About 15 minutes later, this black guy, well dressed brother, you know, not even trying to give no kind of atti- no kind of attitude, comes in and he's like, hey man, you know, I'm kind of in a bind. Do you mind if I use? Do you mind if I if I use your restroom? And the guy looks at him up and down and says, no, you have to buy a drink. And so he, so he left, I went to the bartender and I was like, um, yo, my man, like you just, you just let that white woman use a rest, uh, use a restroom, but you don't let this, this guy use a restroom. What's, what's, what's going on? And he said, yeah, that's right. I finished, I didn't finish my drink. I just walked out. I've never been in there, uh, in there since. It sounds like it's crummy bar anyways, you know. Dude, it's just dirty, filth. You know what? Go to, go to Doc's Clock. They, uh, it's much, much, much better. But no, I mean like. They'll let any, any race use the bathroom. <laughs> um, who knows what, yeah, I, that would, from your, from being from Kansas, did you grow up with like kind of a thing between whites and black people? Um, or, I mean, you probably know white people that. <coughs> treated everyone fairly under the roof of Lord, the good Lord or something. Or. Right. Uh, oh, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. Repeat the question again, please. What is, I guess what I'm getting at, what is your history with racism? Have you experienced a, a lot of it? Oh, I mean, well, I think in that general, every or, black person, when they grow up, I mean, look, you know, I often say that I'm, I'm a victim of racism, right? And that's because there's not a day that goes by that I'm not reminded 
of who I am in this country. That could be, you know, just like yesterday. I'm like walking down the street. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, on my way to work, and this this white woman. We're on the same. We're on the same. We're on the same street. She sees me. She clutches her purse, and she immediately goes goes to the left. Um, and why do you think? What do you think provoked her? Uh, to because act that way? she probably thinks that every Negro male is going to steal her purse and or a, a, attack her. Mind, mind you, dude. She had a cheap Aldo purse. Like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like you know what I mean. Like, like I, I mean, it's things like things like that. Like you know, I can get into an an, ele- an elevator, and you know, the and the woman moves to the total opposite in end uh, of the elevator. She'll put her cell phone away. I mean, like. Uh, I, so I, there's a tactile fear uh, from white women to not all white women, but absolutely, man. I yeah. mean, like I get like people call them microaggressions. I just I, I I just call it racism. I mean, and if and if that doesn't happen to me every every day, then I can count on talking to a talk talking to a friend. You know, they can tell me, oh well, you know, this happened. I I can see something on TV. I mean, so it's just it's an everyday thing, and it's uh, one of those things where. A friend of mine had said, you know, Laurent, sometimes we have to negotiate. You know what I mean? You're like, which which things are worth, you know, attacking, which things are not worth attacking. And so that's, you know, that's that's the that's the everyday life of being of being black in America. I mean, it's uh, I believe that um, someone had said it's like walking with a shoe in. I'm sorry, walking with a uh, rock in your mm-hmm. in, in your shoe it's un- you know it's always going to be there it could be uncomfortable you may have to move it around but it's always going to be there so but i do love house music so i, I, I just want to just like play is, that that, is that your medicine yeah yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> get you through um yeah you know i well i'm white folks listening probably can figure that out pretty fast um <laughs> uh yeah i don't I, I i don't know what the end game is i think we all have to still eat at the same table yeah I'm, i mean like it's and treat each other like equals well you know i i would love that man i mean like you know i a friend i'm like this guy that i listen to he has a podcast and he wears a shirt that says respect me like a white person and i'm like i thought that was absolutely brilliant yeah white people don't get as much respect as you think for like from each other for example or um why do you think that is then <laughs> well because it's i don't know i'm not an expert in these matters but when i look at humans i, I see like aren't there so many variations of everything and right. like there's not just white and black there's like all these different ethnicities of white and right. ethnicities of, of black folks and this that and the other so where do you draw the line i mean um when you're talking about history here in, in this country, sure. there is this horrible slavery thing, right. you know. And yes, as Bill Clinton said, we've made progress, but we have a long ways to go. Right. Um, I see that. I see progress. We've had Obama as our president, so right. the glass ceiling's been reached there, which is a fabulous thing. I voted for him, by the way. Right. Um, does that inspire you? Things like that? Um, man. Uh Gosh, man, like I hate to be a uh, curmudgeon, <laughs> but uh, no, like, I, like I'm, I'm, I mean, look, like here, you like here's the thing, man. Like I think that, um, I mean, it will, it will be foolish for me to say that we haven't made progress, but I mean, because you know, we obviously have. I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know. Yeah, I, and Obama even said, um, if you don't think we, you know, 
I forget what the quote is, but he just said, turn on the TV. Right. And I, I interviewed Mary Wilson from the Supremes. Sure. And she said... Back in the day, when they just started out in the 60s, you never saw black people on TV except right. in the capacity of the janitor or the maid. Right, absolutely. And so just from social media, like television and network and all that, there's progress there Yeah, no, in like, terms of equality. There, so, there, so there is some progress. All right, so I'm, I'm not going to sit up here and say that... It's not that, enough. Right, exactly. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I mean, look, you know, I... I used to have a white girlfriend, so it's like having that, like, and not being lynched. You know, that's that's progress. But did you see racism racism there when the two yeah. of you were together? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, that's. I'm, I mean, look, like, you know, that like I'm just very hypersensitive when it comes to that thing. But I think that what we have to under un, understand, and and to quote Dr. Tommy Curry of, of Texas A and M, is that racism burst. It 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 it. it it is a living thing that is the sort of adapts to the time. So of course, you know, um, lynching people and the black codes and Jim Crow is not, uh, is, is not acceptable for this time. But then, you know, instead of that, you have mass incarceration and you have, uh, the, um, the difference in how they treat the crack cocaine epidemic to how they treat, um, the pill um, um, opioid uh, uh, ep, 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 epidemic, epidemic which, yeah. which is huge. And you know, also I think which ripped the, uh, the scab off the wound is all of those is, is social, it's the technology. Absolutely. So we're seeing now all the injustices when police un- apparently unfairly right. go after you know minorities and right. um, you see it all the time and it's Absolutely. been posted. Um, so I think that is a major component in the kind of up the Absolutely. outrage that exists yeah. in the present. Would you agree? Or yeah, man. I mean, I, I I think that social media has done a lot to give voice to a lot of people who were not believed. You know, people who are gaslit. I mean, people who. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's funny because I had a conversation with uh, with uh, with a friend of mine who who is white, and she said, you know. I never really realized how tough black men have it with the police until he until she started seeing some of the videos, and you know so it was hard to believe at first. I you know because um I mean you know um we've been telling for like, <laughs> for like a for like a long but I mean dude like uh it's a it's just like not 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 only from like a, a race stand race standpoint but you know like for example um I learned a lot about transgender people from from social media you know what I mean? you know what I mean I mm-hmm. mean and just you know learn about their learn about their stories and learn about you know how folk folk in the LGBTQ community you know they're they're constantly gaslit and constantly harassed constantly beat so I mean so, social media is a great tool for you know a, awareness you know Mm -hmm. i mean and now that you have that awareness now you can start coming to events like the anti-racism 101 that's right and again that is uh give us a time and date and yes sir that is um that is this saturday it is uh from two to uh, from two to four and it's at a restaurant i believe it's it's called saffron 88 Eight or eighty-five? Could you? Um, I'm. I'm no. I'm super. Ter- super terrible with this. Um, can, uh, can you click on that link? For me? Yes. Yeah. You know, and and so you know, this is gonna be a really awesome event, you guys. I mean, uh, you know, we're gonna have fun. I mean, the uh, the thing about it is, is that 
we want people to have questions to, you know, to, to, to just come with an open mind. I mean, you know, no one's going to be attacked, you know, no one's, you know, no one's going to be called, you know, some, some, um, you, you racist. I, I mean, you know, we're, we're about help. We're about helping people. I mean, I mean it, it, yes. And uh, folks, you should go. It's uh, as Laurent said, this Saturday, November 11th, uh, 2 PM to 4 PM. Uh, and it is located at Safwan six, Eight five Townsend Street. Yes, South uh, and Soma. And Soma. Uh, again, that's six eight five Townsend Street between two and four. If you want to uh, um, get in touch with Laron, wh- where's the best place for yes, people? Yes, uh, you can find me uh, at LaronBarton.com. <laughs> <laughs> like it's very. Um, I'm on Facebook. Uh, you can also um, the uh, the link of the event is on Eventbrite.com, and uh, you know you can also email email me info at mainlinepub.com i'm i'm always looking to talk to people and uh yeah you know i'm i'm on twitter at mainline Laron. um i'm on um instagram Laron l barton and you know i'm, I'm just really excited about this event. It, it's gonna be a really good turnout you know, people are definitely getting, getting uh, stoked and ready to go we're gonna see if sean can hear us sean are you there Yes, I am. All right. Hey, we fixed the problem. Hey, Sean, welcome. you know, uh, you're not too late to put your input. Welcome to the show. So, you know, we were talking about racism a, a, a bit uh, here in San Francisco. And um, and then this Saturday, uh, how would you like to uh, to contribute to this conversation? Oops, sorry. Hello? Yes. How would you... Uh, go ahead. Go... The mic is yours. On, Take bro. it away. Sorry. Hi, everybody. Uh, thank you, Twicka, for uh, having us on your show. Uh, my name is Sean Haynes, and we're on with Ron Barton, a good friend of ours. Um, we represent a coalition of a number of different groups that have decided to come together to orchestrate some anti-racism workshops, um, which I'm very excited to be a part of this coalition. Um, it's one of the things that I decided to work on. I made a promise earlier this year, and I'm grateful to have people to help us uh, accomplish that objective. And so um, on the 11th of this month, we are having our very first workshop, which has three covers three different areas. Um, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the history of racism in the United States. Uh, I think we're going to go through some um, exciting exercises, and we'll give information for people to follow up on um, as we prepare for our next workshop. And, and so the three uh, or four different groups that came together is uh, uh, showing up for racial justice, San Francisco Black Community Matters, um, Racing Conversations, um, and another organization, which I will dig up the details for and mention later. But um, thank you for having us. Absolutely. Um, so, <laughs> so Sean, um, where are you right now? Um, I was uh, just in the Castro. Uh, they're having the honoring of Harvey Milk. And so I wanted to be there present for the LGBT community uh, commemoration of um, his legacy and achievements. Um, Harvey Milk spent a lot of time engaging lots of communities in San Francisco um, in his multiple bots for supervisor. And, and one of the communities he came to in order to make inroads was the African-American community, which at that time um, in 1978 when he was assassinated was um, much larger than it is today. It's probably about uh, 17 or 20%. Now we're down to a questionable between three and six 
the, so the gay population is shrinking. Is that what you're saying in San Francisco? Um, no, I'm saying the African American population is shrinking. Um, we actually don't have statistics on our gay population here in San Francisco, so we can't determine that. Uh, but as somebody who's spent a lot of time in that community, I can tell you that we've lost a lot of people yeah. um, due to the same mechanisms of displacement. Yes. Um, Sean, I want to ask you, I was just uh, trying to approach this question with Leron. Um, being a gay black male, do you find it more challenging to be proactive as an activist in, in the larger Black Lives Matter? Do you find there's walls, do you find people judge you more because you're gay? Um, well, it's an interesting question. I've had interesting experiences with the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, for a little while, I, I was operating uh, as a component of Black Lives Matter. We attempted to start a Black Lives Matter San Francisco chapter here in San Francisco, which um, shortly after we began to get notoriety, you know, had about 3,000 followers, and uh, we started to do some public events, um, working in the space, the call to action to stand up and speak out for ourselves and spend our lives. We were sort of told not to, to do that anymore, which was a little disappointing, but nonetheless, I still work on those same issues, um, just not under that title. Um, and I do that under the San Francisco Black Community Matters title, but I also work with other African-American political groups. Uh, the Barrett Rustin LGBT Coalition is one. It is the oldest black uh, LGBT-specific political group that started here in San Francisco in a response to uh, a lot of the same oppressions that both the LGBT and African-American communities share. Got you. So who was it that told you not to use that name? Um, well, Alicia Garza, um, incidentally, um, private messaged me and yep. the other co-founder of the San Francisco chapter and said, um, can you not do this? And I asked, can we have a meeting and have a conversation? And um, she did not pursue that uh, avenue. I thought it would be better to find uh, out what, uh, we, what we could do to come into compliance, um, but there seemed to be no avenue. And so I see. And, and I'm sure there was a good reason for that. Did she lay that down on the table, let you know why? No. Unfortunately that was not laid down on the table and uh, it talks about charter groups on their website but it lists no specific charter documents so no guiding principles other than the ones that they published um, several months after um, to, to really determine how to go through that process so it just was a little challenging um, I, I know that uh, Alicia does great work Black Lives Matter uh, organization does great work um, but it was just a little bit challenging to be a gay black man uh, wanting to operate in that space and be good for our communities under that title. And we were um, really inspiring people locally here in San Francisco because we still don't have a San Francisco-specific uh, Black Lives Matter. And, and there was a lot of folks who were disappointed when Black Lives Matter, the organization, pulled out of uh, being a grand marshal in uh, San Francisco Pride a couple of years ago. And the response was notable um, to the point where I had posted an a, a image online. I, I generally hang out in our state building every year and I take a photo from their window and you could see how many people who showed up the year before for marriage equality when we won that in the year after when Black Lives Matter had the opportunity to put blackness first um, in, in uh, marching down and being a part of San Francisco Pride and the amount of people who showed up that second time due to higher levels of policing and other issues just weren't present. And so um, I feel like if we are called to action to stand up for our rights, it was just a little bit sad to have no presence in that capacity uh, during our largest event during the year in the city. Yeah, it's, it sounds like a lot of drama. So, 
Uh, Sean, folks listening to us, it is now called here in San Francisco, the San Francisco Black Community Matters. Uh, and um, if you want to get involved, uh, join. Uh, where do folks begin to do that? Come to the meeting yeah, this Saturday. Um, well, the group that we're meeting with is multiple different organizations. We're meeting uh, Saturday at... Uh, uh, um, uh, the information I think you have in your email, it's not coming up to mine at this moment. But between 2 and 4, if you look on the San Francisco uh, Black Communities Matter Facebook page, you will see at the top there information. If you look on showing up for racial justice, you should see information there. Yes, and, you, and you'll be there, uh, Laron. You're, you're going? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's at a, a 685 uh, um, Townsend Street, so it's in Soma. Uh, it's the Saffron. Saffron. So, yeah, you know, it's actually, that sounds it's, like uh, a drag queen name. You know, it, it, it does, don't it? No, actually, I, th I thought it was Thai at first, but it's a place that um, that Sean selected. Uh, of course. I hope this is good, man. Just yeah, I always got to support your local businesses. Um, another friend of mine, African-American um, man, uh, and I that do a lot of other uh, social justice work, specifically in our LGBT space, um, have a good connection to them. And so they're always welcome to invite us in to use it as also a public forum. So did I, just in my mind, I want to know the answer to this question. Did it seem like when Black Lives Matter, the larger chapter, didn't want to, you know, kind of join at the hip yeah, with you guys? It, did it, did it, it feel like a, a slide to you? With the larger mm -hmm. leaders yes. from the East Bay. Yeah. Um, I know, you know, maybe one person probably had a voice that uh, responded to San Francisco. It's just somebody who has an affiliation with um, also LGBT groups. I, I, I just not did not get a sense that they spoke with other LGBT groups, black groups or black LGBT people specifically in San Francisco to say, what do we feel about this? Because um, I'm, I'm a former board member of San Francisco Pride. And I experienced a time where um, where all black people were sort of taken out of the organization and, and who were employed by the organization at the time um, due to the Bradley Manning issue, which was very challenging to go through. And I'm somebody who, uh, you know, continue to run for the board of San Francisco Pride to say, "Hey, now you have a diversity problem." And also, when I when I participate in a group and organization, I come with a full idea of what we could do to make you know organizations more inclusive and 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 to increase what the organization is capable of doing for our community. Um, and so, I continue to increase my relationship with San Francisco Pride. In fact, I'm actually walking to um, participate in one of the meetings um, as we speak. Tell them that Laron and Tweeka Turner from House of Pride Radio said hello and to come on our show. I will. Hey. <laughs> yeah, definitely make that happen. <laughs> uh, yes, I'd like to be. Uh, I'd like to learn more about what you guys are doing. Um, keep us in the loop and uh, share it with our our listeners here. I think it's important to um, always be working towards a better goal, especially as an LGBT community, because. Um, it's easy to be pushed to the side, I feel, uh, because oh, we don't yeah, represent the majority of folks. Is, uh, a lot of what happens here in San Francisco, but as we all know, um, and in reflecting on Harvey Milk, as I look at the halo lights that are now being projected in the sky. Ooh, I wish I was there. Who, yeah, who, who, who ran for office, I think, four times, and so um, no matter how hard they push, you always have to get up and try again, and, you know, the more you do that, the more successful you become, and you will make that voice heard and that voice that uh, then, then becomes w what the community expects of itself and of its 
um, leadership, and so I'm, I'm very much happy to be that type of spirited person. Um, every time the world has pushed me down, I've definitely gotten back up and said, well, you know, I'm here, and the experiences um, that are based in the community that I represent will not be pushed down. Uh, so in the spirit of Harvey Milk, uh, thank you. And also in the spirit of Byard Western, uh, the LGBT coalition that I'm a, a member of, I um, always want to be reflective of uh, people who came even before Harvey Milk, um, and that is one of my role models who uh, organized the 1963 March on Washington, without which um, us as black people would probably have a lot more difficult times in the LGBT community, which uh, was uh, emboldened to piggyback off of social justice and uh, civil rights issues, um, have some of that foundation between him and Martin Luther King. Yes, and, and thank you for uh, joining us here on House of Pride Radio. We're going to uh, wrap things up now on that note. Uh, so once again, folks, listen to us. That was Sean Haynes and our good friend here who managed to make it to the studio. Thank you so much for yes, coming sir. in, Laron Barton. So juiced to be on the show. Uh, just really excited. I love Mutiny Radio, man. This is, this is like me familia. So, I mean, you know, shout out to everybody in San Francisco. Uh, thank you for calling in, Sean Tweeka, for uh, just mm-hmm. playing some really dope house music. Which, who was the who sang that really good cover of Radiohead's Creep when we walked in? Don't know because that was on the uh, the okay. just overnight. Oh, okay. But awesome. we'll find out for you, folks. Uh, join us next Wednesday here on the House of Pride when the telephone issue will have been resolved, and we will be calling uh, everyone. Right. <laughs> Um, come on back, Laron and Sean. Come on in the studio next time. I'm going to dedicate this song to you. Ain't no stopping uh, us now. It is.
Bjorn and John, but you might know that because this song all came out when we were a bunch of young folks. That was off of their album Writer's Block. I'm pretty sure anyone who ever had a crush on anyone else would play this song um, and just think about how special we all are, which is what we truly are. Y'all are special. I love you so very much. I love you so very much. You're quite special in my eyes. Don't ever stop breathing air. And if you do, that's okay. But, you know, let, make sure you, you lived your life to the fullest. My name's Andrea. This is Sass and Brass. Coming up next right now is Xenia Rubinos. She, I had the pleasure of seeing her in Boston. This beautiful woman is releasing a new album. And she just gave everyone a teaser. This song, Lonely Lover, um, is fucking weird. It's fucking phenomenal. It's fucking fantastic. She's Cubana. And she's Puerto Rican as well. So see if you can hear it. Let me know if you can't. Here we go.
Sisters in the lost and found I drank my last five dollars It's raining now Mommy don't feel like she got it down Watch out cause I heard that's coming Back in the night, so bright.
earlier, I had the pleasure of meeting one of the members of the Lonely Brunch. They are the 10 to 12 a.m. slot on Sundays. Two actually fabulously queer women coming in, bringing people on the set, talking comedy, talking shit. And it's like, where have you been my whole life? This moment... um, is brought to you by not exploring other podcasts on mutiny radio and that is very important um so i'm gonna go home after this and listen to a shit ton of their podcasts if possible if you have any time on sunday mornings from the 10 a.m to 12 p.m slot listen to the lonely brunch because um a it's run by women b you're supporting mutiny radio and c it's queer women giving fucking quality comedy to the masses and there are not enough female comedians out there also i heard a beautiful tale um tuesdays actually the tuesday p.m slot um there is an event called hysteria which is women in queer comedy open mic tuesdays at 6 p.m slash 6 15 ish it's at martuni's on four valencia street um it's hosted by irene two and julia ash it is free to go to they have hot cocoa people i just wanted to let you know they serve hot cocoa and gin and tonics and also a good dosage of female queer comedy i am so excited to go this tuesday night and you should too and if you can tune in ask questions go support 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 your allies all right all right all right all right now moving forward um we have a couple things going on um i actually um you know this is one of my favorite covers of blondie um it's by the bad plus they're a bunch of weirdos a bunch of jazz head weirdos here you go let me know if you can uh, actually if you can actually see or excuse me see if you can actually hear which cover it is i bet you can if you have half a brain bet you do
was Forget Regret by Roy Hargrove, y'all. And before that, it was actually a Heart of Glass cover by The Bad Plus. My name's Andrea Sass and Brass. Sweet Jesus, sometimes just songs sound better live uh, without any questions involved. Um, but yeah, does anyone ever feel weird? You know, like like they're feeling all the feels, they're listening to the music, they're getting it real, and someone tells them, hey, 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 you're, perhaps you're feeling a little bit too much. Uh, perhaps, you know, you should calm down. Maybe you should just chill the fuck out. Well, that's me. That's be, been me this month. I'm a little loca. Here we go. I mean, I'm half Latina. I don't know what to do. I'm crazy. So are you. Um, my name's Andrea, like I said, and this is my diagnosis. Mr. Kirk, Dexter's in school. I'm afraid he's not, Miss Fishmore. Dexter's truancy problem is way out of hand. The Baltimore County School Board have decided to expel Dexter from the entire public school system. Oh, Mr. Kirk, I'm as upset as you to learn Dexter's truancy, but surely expulsion is not the answer. I'm afraid expulsion is the only answer. It's the opinion of the entire staff that Dexter is criminally insane. Same, same, same. <laughs> That boy needs therapy. Lie down on the couch. What does that mean? You're a nut. You're crazy in the coconut. What does that mean? That boy needs therapy. I'm gonna kill you. That boy needs therapy. Granny Gazoo, let's have a two. I want to count three. That 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 boy boy needs therapy. He was white as a sheep. And he also made false teeth. Boy, boy needs therapy. <laughs> he was 
white as a sheep. And he also made false teeth.
pretty much every loser's anthem out there, um, mine included. Uh, that was Born Ruffians, I Need a Light Life, off of their album Red, Yellow, and Blue. Um, so it's come to my attention that this band actually performed, not this band, not Born Ruffians, excuse me, but another band, um, called garlic man and chicken they performed at they performed in oakland at a warehouse party and i went a little too hard thursday night and couldn't make it to friday's occasion i'm bummed out because these ladies sound a lot like the satisfaction amongst others and i guess they bring an a, a terribly just tight 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 professional act if you can get a chance explore them they're seattle based um but there's a lot of lovely music com- coming from seattle these days i'm gonna play you a song dtf and it's about ladies loving ladies so if you're a lady and you love ladies here it's all about Digging on, on ya, dig, digging ya out. T, T is for 
Tasty, tempting, teasing. F is for frontin', girl, that's not what I'm about. I'm DTF and proud. If you wisdom, say it loud. I can take off yours and you can take off mine. I'm like, oh my friggin' shit. You are seriously fine. After this, you'll go do yours and I'll go and do mine. This might be our only shot. And I hope you cross the line. You are the shit and I'm so into it. You came in quick and you made the game switch. Now come here, baby boo. Yeah, I'm so into you. There's, There's so much we can do. Thanks.
Recently, I've been watching this documentary series on the 1960s in American culture and how it's affected us ever so deeply. Um, and in the current day era, you know, people don't trust our government. We don't trust authorities. Um, if it comes from a politician, it's usually crooked and driven by money. Um, that's the initial thought. It's hard to trust the government. That's why people want so little of it or more socialized and like democratic processes. But something that actually struck me of interest was the fact that um, the first episode of the 60s, it's just called the 60s documentary series, was uh, it covered, excuse me, the, the documentary covered the assassination of John F. Kennedy um, and the politics involved and how America was absolutely shocked, A, by this, two, by Lee Harvey Oswald, and three, by the man who shot Lee Harvey Oswald as he was on his way to court. So Lee Harvey Oswald actually like never, you know, was tried. We don't know if it was him. We don't, you know, there's a lot of evidence pointing to him saying that he was the sniper in the video. He was a, he was an ex-Marine. Um, he actually worked in that building at the, uh, publishing company in which, you know, uh, in which the vid, excuse me, in which the window was. Um, but for so many reasons, um, Lee Harvey Oswald was never tried. Um, and the man who killed Lee Harvey Oswald was a club owner in, in Texas, in Dallas, Texas. Um, but um, he was very closely linked. There's a lot of people who think that this man was very closely linked to the CIA and that, you know, how out of anyone could he have gotten so very close uh, to, to Lee Harvey Oswald at that time? Um, and America was like, they wanted answers. They wanted to know who killed JFK. There's all of this conflicting evidence. There are a lot of people out there who said that they knew who did it. Um, and this documentary series, long story short, um, stated that the assassination of John F. Kennedy was the first time in America where Americans, A, were shocked, and B, started to lose their trust in authority and in government and in the way that things were run. And it's really interesting because if it weren't for JFK's assassination, it makes me really wonder how much trust we'd still have or the turning point of things. Like, would this song have come out? <laughs> How would America have gone? Um, if JFK were never assassinated, would we still be blindly following? No, of course we wouldn't. You know, that was so long ago. Um, politics are corrupt and so are people. Um, but it's just something to really think about. Um, my name is Andrea. We're coming up through the second hour of this show. Um, it's been marvelous. You were just listening to Jefferson Airplane, and so was I. Um, but, you know, let's bring it back a little bit. Let's bring it to the forward tense. Um, this song is called Queens, and it's by The Satisfaction.
your face at the door Turn off your swag and check your bag From your limbs to your timbs, get down But whatever you do Like movie directors. <laughs> Say the movie, dog. Now, before I finish, let me. 
I done came through the block and everything that's fly I'm like, take your barrel with bling on I'm complex, I never claim to have wings on Nigga, I get my, by any means on Whenever there's a drought, get your umbrellas out Because that's when I brainstorm You can blame Sean, but I ain't inventing the game I just rolled the dice, trying to get some change And I do it twice, ain't no sense in me Lying as if I am a different man And I could blame my environment But ain't no reason why I be buying expensive chains Like I ain't on the ass. The Marcus Stewart that's far from Jewish. Far from 
and just had the balls to do it. And no, I'm not new with it. In fact, I'm just previewing it. This ain't the show, I'm just EQing it. One, two, when I won't stop abusing it. To groupy girls, stop false accusing it. Back to the music, the main back roof is translucent. Niggas got a problem, Houston. What up, B? They can't shut up, B. Shut down, I even P.E. I'm a ride. God forgive me for my brash delivery. But I remember vividly what these streets did to me. So picture me, let these clowns nitpick at me. Paint me like a picanine. I would literally kiss T.T. in the forehead. Tell her, please forgive me this squeeze into your forehead. I'm not the one that score points off the back. Knock your points off, young, hope of the guard, nigga, blasphemy I'm at the Trump International, ask for me I ain't never scared, I'm everywhere, you ain't never there Nigga, why would I ever care? Pound for pound, I'm the best to ever come around here Excluding nobody, look what I embody The soul of a hustler, I really ran the street A CEO's mind, that marketing plan with me And no, I ain't been shot up a whole bunch of times I'll make up shit in a whole bunch of lines I ain't animated like say a Busta Rhyme But the real shit you get when you bust down my lines Add that to the fact I went flat a bunch of times Times that by my influence on pop culture I'm supposed to be number one on everybody list We'll see what happens when I no longer exist Fuck.